Morning. We're going to be looking at the Psalms this morning, and it occurred to me when I was preparing this talk that Psalms can be a little bit tricky. Some are fine, of course. Uh, There's many beautiful worship songs which describe the goodness and glory of God, but others get downright difficult. In fact, some make for really uncomfortable reading when they start begging God to inflict painful punishment on the psalmist's enemies. And I don't know about you, but I've heard a few sermons where a speaker's just jumped over a particularly gruesome verse to focus on the good bits. And in fact, it would have been a whole lot easier, I think, if the editor of the um, the Psalms, when they were first being compiled, had just left those bits out. It would have been an awful lot easier. So why did we get left with this unpolished, messy version? Well, perhaps that messiness has an important lesson hidden away somewhere. And to look at what that might be, uh, we're going to read Psalm 13 now, which is one of David's psalms. Uh, If you've got a Bible, please uh, turn to it. I am going to trust that on the screen, there you go, um, you will be able to follow along if you've not got a Bible. Uh, And as it's quite short, I'm going to read it all. Psalm 13. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, it can feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between what I'm saying and and what I'm actually feeling. I realize that I've been praying what I feel I ought to be praying, not what I actually want to say to God. There was a period last year when I I felt uh, particularly spiritually dry. I was stressed about work. I was tired. I felt a long way from God. And to be honest, I felt fed up and and just a little bit abandoned. Did I tell God any of that? Well, occasionally I let some of my frustration seep through. But no, on the whole, I stuck those feelings to one side. And I prayed the nice prayers about how good God is. That's definitely not what David does here, is it? Hear that pain and despair in verse 1. Will you forget me forever? And then that cry repeated again and again. How long, how long, how long? I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person here today who's found that cry particularly familiar. I wish becoming a Christian came with a lifetime happiness guarantee, but of course it doesn't. We live in the same messed up world as everyone else and we mess up ourselves like everyone else. And sometimes when we pray, we can't see God answer. We can't hear him. We feel like we've been left on our own. Forgotten, just like David says. But do we tell God how we really feel? It can feel wrong to say such things. Wrong to be complaining to God. But it's not wrong. It couldn't be more right. If there's one thing that I think the Psalms teach us, it's that we need to keep our prayers real. God isn't interested in us giving him what we think is the right answer. He wants our prayers to be authentic. 
Remember again, this psalm was written by David, a man who arguably knew God as well as any man who's ever lived. He could have proclaimed any number of God's characteristics. And in other psalms, he was lost in wonder at the sheer majesty of God. But not here. Here it's full-throated despair. David, a man who knew God like few others have done before or since, felt forgotten by God. Had God forgotten David? No, of course he hadn't. And David must have known that. In Deuteronomy, one of the, the books of the law of the Old Testament that David would have known by heart, it says in chapter 31, verse 6, that the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. But while David undoubtedly knew that in his head, right then and there in his heart, that was not what he was feeling. And those feelings were driving a wedge between him and God, and he hated it. But here's the really important thing. David cared far too much about his relationship with God to push those feelings down and struggle on. When we're real with God in our prayers, when we're honest with him about our feelings, we show God that we care about our intimacy with him. And what father doesn't want that of his children? One of the things Charlie and I especially love about our son Hamish is his eloquence when it comes to describing his emotions. For a seven-year-old, he's incredibly aware of what he's feeling. And so that means that sometimes he's literally bouncing up and down with joy and happiness and telling us just how much he loves us. And at other times, he's equally happy to tell me exactly how sad or cross I've made him. If something has happened at school that's upset him, uh, he'll not only tell us what happened, but he'll also tell us how it made him feel. And we love it when he does that, because when he does it, it gives us the opportunity to comfort him. And that's why authenticity in our prayers matters so much. Our loving, amazing Father is longing for us to be honest with him about how we feel, because then he can and will comfort us. But crucially, that's not where it should end. Remember, when we talk about prayer, we're talking about conversation between a father and his child. And if when we talk to our father, we give him the opportunity to answer, then maybe that's when we can find our faith rekindled and our hope restored. Let's look again at our psalm. In the first half, as we've seen, he's pleading with God and he finishes by begging, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I sleep in death and my enemy will say I've overcome him. And then what happens? When we read it like I, I did at the start, we skip straight on to verse 5. But remember, this is David's prayer that we're reading. Look at the contrast. Something happens between verses 4 and 5 that dramatically changes his tone. Verse 5, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Wow, what a transformation. Is this just David willing himself to focus on truths that he's taught himself about God? Well, maybe. When all else fails, those things which we know about God, that we know are true, can really be a lifeline to cling on to. And, and personally, I found it really helpful to, 
to memorize um, some verses that have really spoken powerful, powerfully to me in the past about God's goodness and his promises to me. So maybe. But I think it's also possible that quite simply, between verses 4 and 5, David stops talking. And when he stops, when he sits in silence for a moment, God does what David's begged him to do. He answers. And as he answers, David's faith comes alive again. Because nothing, nothing compares to when God speaks into our pain. I started off earlier describing my own feeling of abandonment last year. And after that that quite a long time of trying to put a brave face on it, I'd finally had enough. And, and one morning at church, the dam broke and I absolutely let rip with God. And I told him how I was feeling. And then before I knew it, caught me quite by surprise, I, I was crying and the rest of you lot had kind of faded away into the background and it was just me and God and telling him exactly how lonely and desperate I'd been feeling for so long. And then I paused and that, that moment of really raw emotion, I felt God gently approach me, put his arms around me and I heard his words of comfort and from nowhere hope started bubbling up again. Time and time again we see this in the Psalms. We see anguished cries of pain transformed into heartfelt worship. And so I'd like to end just by encouraging us all to do two things this week. Pray honestly and pray expecting God to answer. I don't know where you're all at with God right now, but my guess is at least a a few of you might be feeling a little like I felt that morning. Flat, frustrated, maybe cross with yourself or even cross with God. Why not try David's example? Tell God how you feel. Don't hold back. Pray honestly and then give God a chance to answer. And don't be afraid of what he'll say. He knows you completely and he loves you more than you can possibly comprehend.